What's up, guys? Welcome to another UFC Quick Picks here on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC 264 on Saturday, Poirier vs. McGregor 3. One of the biggest events of the year, no doubt. Some huge prizes across the industry. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week for the event. Before I get into it, though, make sure you're subscribed to the channel, like the video, comment below who your favorite play of the week is on DraftKings. Always like reading that. And I mean, guys, I just can't say it enough how much great content there is on this channel throughout the week across all sports, too. But I know for MMA... This week, at least, we got the Dogger Pass pod, podcast with Paul Shaughnessy, Cody Saftik. I saw Pat had a chat with uh, Aaron Bronstetter as well, and I got my quick picks. Mad Labs got his main event breakdown, all, everything you could want. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the slate, guys, and it is a, a fun one. I'm going to start off the week with my favorite cash game play, which is going to be Sugar Sean O'Malley at 9.5K. So I, I know that O'Malley is kind of an obvious play on this slate, but as always, I think it's very important to play the best cash game plays, uh, give out the best cash game plays. It's not, you know, it's, it's fairly straightforward in that sense, but I do think it's important to explain why. I mean, Sean O'Malley, he's 9.5K, that's very expensive, but you could argue he's one of the best values on the entire card. He was a, a sizable favorite over Louis Smoka when that fight um, was announced, and that's why he's priced up to 9.5K. But then Smolka pulled out, and the UFC called up Chris Moutinho on short notice. And O'Malley is now a minus 1,000 favorite over Moutinho, and he has an inside distance line of minus 300, which means O'Malley is theoretically more likely to win this fight inside the distance then almost any other fighter on the slate is to just win their fight. And that is not something that I can overlook personally. Um, a little bit about Mutinho. He's 9-4 and four professionally. He's got three wins by knockout, one win by submission, two losses by knockout, two losses by submission. And he's not a, a terrible offensive fighter. He's got some fast hands. He's willing to exchange. But... I think O'Malley's on another level. O'Malley's going to have a size advantage over him. Uh, let me pull up the exact numbers. Four inches taller, four inches of reach. O'Malley's obviously very experienced in the UFC and is on a full training camp for this fight. Mutino coming in on short notice. And Mutino, even in his recent win in 2020, um, he was almost flattened before he ended up coming back and winning by knockout and he was dropped in his fights prior to that he just doesn't his defense isn't very strong in any area of the fight so um look there are definitely arguments to make for being underweight on o'malley in tournaments because he is going to be the highest owned fighter on this slate by far i'm projecting him like north of 60 percent at this point Still, though, if he's going to be 60% owned with a 75% chance to win the fight by knockout, I think even the sharper players are going to be playing him at 9.5K in tournaments. But in cash games, it's not something that you need to think about. O'Malley should be locked into your lineups. He's far and away the safest option on this slate. Far and away the most likely fighter to win inside the distance. Um, good metrics. There's pretty much everything you could want, and he's not too difficult to pay up for on this slate. So Sean O'Malley is going to rate out for everyone as the top overall play on this slate, and certainly 
for me in cash games this week at 9.5K. All right, let's move on to my tournament play of the week. I'm going to give out Steven Thompson at 8.5K, and I really like this fight as a whole in tournaments. I think there's a pretty decent chance that the winner puts up a big score and the winner comes inside the distance, even though the fight as a whole is, not, is only minus 125 to end inside the distance. Um, it, it's somewhat of a striker versus grappler matchup, and I do think I, I do think we could see someone get hurt here. Thompson, though, is just a class above Burns as a striker. The, the downside with Thompson is that in his four fights dating back to 2012, and the four fights that he hasn't won in the UFC, he's been dropped in all four of them. So, and even by guys like Anthony Pettis and Darren Till and Tyron Woodley, fighters I'm not that high on. So there's some ability for Burns to just rush at Thompson Hit him with a big shot like he did against Kamaru Usman, and maybe that's all it needs to put Thompson out cold. But I don't think um, I don't think Burns is capable of beating Thompson over three rounds while this fight plays out on the feet. He's far superior at controlling range. He's going to be taller. He's going to be a lot longer. He throws strikes at a higher volume. His defense is way better. And I mean, Burns is going to have to close the distance at range. Burns is not doesn't have the tools to compete with Thompson. He has to get in close, and I think. That's, I think that's either going to lead to Burns having a ton of success, winning by knockout or landing takedowns, or it's going to get him hurt. Um, we saw Burns in his last fight was dropped by Usman on multiple occasions, even by the jab. He's been put out cold before. Dan Hooker dropped him twice. Uh, he was knocked down by Rashid Magomedov twice as well. So Burns can def Burns is improving as a striker, but Thompson is far superior in my opinion. And should this fight play out for an extended period of time, I think Thompson has a pretty solid chance to earn a knockdown or win by knockout. Thompson typically scores well in his wins. Uh, 102-96 in his last two. He has a 68-point win. So it's not it's certainly not a guarantee. If Thompson just goes out there and wins by decision on a low volume striking affair, that's not going to put him on the winning lineup. But because just because of the way that Burns fights and, and how he's going to be forced to close distance without maybe having the defensive tools to do so, I, I kind of think it's almost a binary fight here. I, I think someone's going to get hurt. Um, maybe Burns has a grappling edge. Well, we know Burns has a submission grappling edge, but it, there's still some questions out there as to whether he can land takedowns. Thompson historically defends takedowns very well, 78%, though he hasn't been tested in recent years. So that's still a bit of a wild card. The point remains, if Thompson wins this fight, I think he has some definite knockdown equity inside distance lines, uh, plus 265. It's not that strong, but um, I like his chances here in 8.5K. In this particular matchup, I'm definitely willing to play Thompson, and I like this fight overall for tournaments. Moving on to my salary play of the week. I'm going to give out Ryan Hall at 7.1K. And I'll be honest, uh, this is uh, I'm not sold on this play because it's going to be such a weird fight. But that's also partially why I like it. I think there's a lot of underdogs who could win on this card. So it's not I'm not necessarily planting my flag anywhere. And I could make a lot of cases for a lot of these underdogs even i just talked about stephen thompson but i gave the case for, for gilbert burns i think there's you could do a lot with the underdogs this week ryan hall is interesting to me because he's a big underdog and because he's 7.1k he's the cheapest fighter on this slate 
who I look at and think, you know, he has a realistic shot of winning. Um, Ilya Topuria is very dangerous, you know, a, a decent wrestler, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he showed some knockout power in his last fight. But Hall is tricky, and Hall has like a decade more of experience competing in jiu-jitsu at the highest levels that Topuria does not have. And I would, I am going out on a limb here and am pretty dang confident that Hall is the superior submission grappler. And you see Topuria talking about how Topuria's coach leg-locked Ryan Hall's coach, so therefore he thinks he can do the same. That's not how it works. I would not want to be entangling myself with Ryan Hall on the mat. And I kind of have a feeling, I kind of have a feeling that's what Topuria will do. Ryan Hall is a very intelligent fighter. He's very funky. He's not the most um, entertaining fighter to some people, but like his metrics rate out incredibly. He only lands 2.3 strikes per minute, but he's only absorbing 0.9 strikes per minute with a 75% striking defense. Anytime he's in danger, he just flops to his back. And so it's just kind of hard to land on him. And then, you know, if he flops to his back and you are willing to test yourself on the ground, there's a good chance that you don't come out winning those exchanges. And so, look, Ryan Hall at 7.1K, I don't think he's going to land a ton of strikes. I don't think he has much knockout equity. But he's crafty enough in all areas on the feet, especially on the ground, that I would not be surprised to see him end up in top position, take the back, earn a lot of control time, or even find a submission. I mean, Yusuf Salal definitely tested Topuria on the mat to an extent. Hall is worlds ahead of Yusuf Zalal. So 7.1K, I don't think a lot of people are necessarily going to be on this play. And like I said, I'm not really too big into Jerome Rivera as a plus 250 or larger underdog. I'm not really into Chris Moutinho as a plus 600 underdog. Ryan Hall, I can at least get behind. I think he has a realistic path to victory because A, he doesn't absorb strikes and B, he's the better grappler here. Can he still lose? Of course. Maybe he just gets held down and uh, fails to win by submission off his back, for example. Or maybe Topuria just outstrikes him a little bit on the feet. But I don't like betting against guys who are strong defensively and uh, good grapplers. And that's what Hall is. And I mean, I think, I think he's being a little bit underrated here. I think his ownership's going to be relatively low because people are high on the prospects of Topuria. So I like a shot there on Ryan Hall at 7.1K as my salary play of the week. All right, moving on to my fade of the week, which is going to be Jennifer Maya up there at 8.8K. She is a sizable favorite over Jessica I, which is pretty surprising to me. Minus 185 to win, up to minus 200 in some spots. She's coming off a loss to Valentina Shevchenko, though. She tested Shevchenko more than any fighter has in the recent past, which I guess is probably why people are still high on her. She actually took a round off Valentina Shevchenko, which is really impressive. And yeah, maybe you could favor her for that reason here. I, I think she can definitely win the fight. But like, Jennifer Maya is not that good. She's going to be at a height and reach disadvantage here. She lands 3.3 strikes per minute, absorbs 3.5 strikes per minute. So she doesn't even land as many strikes as she absorbs. She's landing 0.3 takedowns per 15 minutes, so she's not really a wrestler at all. And she's defending takedowns at 
So there's really not much to like about her. And yeah, she has a submission win over Joanne Calderwood off her back. That's probably her path to the optimal lineup here, some random submission finish. But, you know, otherwise she has two decisions in the UFC. And in those decisions, she scored... 58 points and 75 points and I just at 8.8 K I don't think that's going to be enough her inside distance line here is very poor at uh, plus 414 so she just doesn't have a great chance to finish she's not projected to land many strikes she's not projected to land many takedowns I think this is going to be a competitive fight and at 8.8 K there's just no reason for me to prioritize her over any fighter in this range um even for cash games, I don't think Maya is very strong. So 8.8K, Jennifer Maya is definitely going to be my fade of the week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you so much for the support. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brad Apley, double T, double P. And remember, we got all the DraftKings breakdowns you need for this event, uh, pushing 20,000 words across the article. We got multiple podcasts up, a ton of betting content, rankings, projections, all the good stuff you need, the places to give you an edge to win that 200K on DraftKings this weekend. Thanks again to Pat and the team for having us on. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and like the video. With that said, best of luck. Stay safe. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.